Monaco 64, home of alternative economics and contrarian views. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Uh, Torsten Paulite. Uh, we spoke uh, back in June 2020. That was the last time. And, and I've known Torsten for a, a very long time. He was uh, the exception to the rule in the financial sector. When I worked in the city, I used to uh, read a lot of the Mises.org uh, literature, and he used to contribute to, and still does to the Mises.org website. And he was the chief economist for Barclays Bank uh, in Germany. And, and Torsten, you were also the chief economist at ABN Emerald. Uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I worked at ABN Emerald as well, which is a, a bit of a coincidence. So uh, I've got Torsten today to speak uh, about what's happening in continental Europe. Uh, yes, I know exactly, uh, or I know well what's going on in the UK and uh, fairly well what's going on in Europe, Germany. But uh, I thought it would be uh, interesting to get a view from, from Torsten, who is in Germany. And, and Torsten, maybe you could up, update us on what you're doing now uh, and maybe something that I missed from your background. And uh, thank you for uh, coming on the channel again. Thank you very much, Mara. It's always a great pleasure. And you know, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I think uh, you're doing a fantastic job. You're addressing the right uh, issues. You explain people how messy it, it has become in our monetary system and what, what it implies for their personal incomes and uh, savings situation. So uh, I hope you, you keep up your great work, and I'm sure you will do. And um, again, you're doing a fantastic job. And so I'm very glad uh, to have the opportunity to uh, chat with you about uh, these issues, what's going on in continental Europe. Well, let me add... After my banking career, I moved into the real money business. I work uh, since um, April 2012 for Europe's largest uh, precious metal trading house, Degusa. I support the firm as, as a chief economist. You know, I'm uh, paying a lot of attention to what's going on in the global financial and monetary system. I also, of course, look at what's going on in the real economy. And um, most importantly, of course, what it implies uh, for precious metals investors. And uh, you invite me to um, share some um, thoughts about what's going on in continental Europe. And uh, as you know, uh, the situation is um, pretty difficult. It has become pretty difficult. And I know from your many videos that you have fully analyzed uh, the underlying problems that plague uh, the euro area. We have a fiat a currency put into place uh, that was put into place in uh, early uh, 1999. And uh, it, 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 it hasn't worked from the beginning. And now the problems uh, build up. We, uh, the euro area as a whole uh, moves from one crisis to the other at the moment. Um, the so-called energy crisis has become very severe. All kinds of prices, uh, all kinds of uh, energy prices go up. It's not only uh, the, the Russian gas that has become so expensive. It, it also affects coal, electricity, oil, and um, it will crush. If, if there's no uh, quick solution to 
the euro area currency crisis, I fear it will crush uh, the economies. In particular, Germany will be hard hit because still Germany has a strong industrial base. It's energy intensive uh, production. And so it, the energy prices puts uh, Germany in particular under severe stress. And I think we are just uh, uh, seeing the beginning of this crisis. Yes, and it looks now that uh, governments uh, around Europe and even the UK as well uh, are um, increasing, bringing in new stimulus to solve this uh, crisis. Um, and it seems crazy. I even saw that Germany uh, put forward 65 billion euros to help with the uh, with the uh, cost of living or energy crisis. Uh, and uh, at the same time, the ECB uh, still has rates around zero. They did raise it last time, and they're expected to raise rates. But with CPI going up at double digits, uh, and even PPI, I think, in Germany is almost at 40%, it seems like they're way uh, behind the curve. Uh, maybe you could go over your uh, view of the energy crisis, because a lot of people don't see it as a monetary phenomenon. They see it more as a, a geopolitical crisis. The fact that uh, uh, Russia is uh, like uh, after being sanctioned, it started uh, stop the flow of gas. So maybe you could uh, cover that right now. Yeah, that's very important. Thank you for that, Mario. Um, many people these days uh, think uh, the high consumer price inflation is a result of uh, Russia invading and uh, making war in Ukraine. Uh, but I don't think that's the true story. Inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon, as the US economist Milton Friedman uh, put it. And I think he's, uh, he's right. Uh, inflation is the sustained increase of goods prices over time. That means uh, all prices go up, not just one price, but all kinds of goods and commodity prices move up over time. And that is what inflation is. Uh, the, the, the rising goods prices is the symptom of an underlying cause. And the underlying cause is the increase in the quantity of money issued by central banks in close cooperation with the commercial banking system. And just to give you some numbers, since the early 2020, the US central bank has increased the money stock M2 by around about 40%. 40%. In the euro area, uh, the money stock M3 was increased by around about 20%. And because the, the economies haven't grown that much, a huge monetary overhang has been built up. Uh, my estimate is that in the euro area, for instance, the monetary overhang is around about 15%. And that means there's an additional increase in the overall price level of 15% coming. So either uh, it, prices go up by another 15% in one year, or if it extends over time, maybe it will it, prices will, be inc will increase by around about 7% per year for two consecutive years. So there's a lot of inflationary pressure still in the pipeline. And I am afraid that central banks won't shrink the money stock. So the price that people will have to pay is higher inflation. So inflation is not a natural catastrophe. It is man-made. It is central bank made. And uh, 
the same can be observed in the in the United States of America. Uh, monetary overhang, according to my estimate, of around about 15%, so the same thing will happen. And it will re result in a debasement of the purchasing power of money. So money will be the great victim uh, of, of the monetary policies delivered in the past. Of course, uh, some cost push effects are at work and also some uh, demand pull effects are at work. Like, for instance, the rise uh, in Russian gas prices, which translate into the, the increase in other energy prices, uh, has an effect in the short term on these energy prices, but they can only translate into inflation, namely a sustained rise in all goods prices uh, across the board, if there's such a huge monetary overhang. I think that's important to understand. This inflation is not Russian-made, it is central bank policy made. And uh, I fear that the coming years, we that in the coming years we will have to cope with very high inflation and there is still now, or there is now, a, uh, uh, I think, a, a heightened risk that this period of high inflation will translate at some point into hyperinflation. Yes, and uh, I mean, Germany, of course, has had experience with hyperinflation uh, a couple of times in, in the last 100 years, 1923 and also uh, in the post-World War II era. And we're, we're seeing central banks and uh, mainstream economists that don't have the uh, luxury of having learned about uh, the Austrian school saying that uh, more fiscal stimulus is going to help bring inflation down. And I think that's crazy. I spoke about that in a recent video. Uh, here in the UK, we got a new prime minister and they're going to spend 200 billion uh, pounds almost to, to bring uh, the CPI down, just a, a gimmicky move to, to, to say, oh, look, CPI or inflation, as they call it, has come down. But um, yes, uh, what what are your uh, thoughts on hyperinflation? Uh, the more and more I, I see the the way the world and our leaders are acting, the more concerned I am. But at the same time, uh, hyperinflation would be, uh, I think, a blessing in disguise. It would destroy this whole fiat currency system. Uh, so what, what do you think are the probabilities? Well, in the last um, years, I have increasingly dealt with uh, the theory of hyperinflation, so I'm glad that you bring up the issue. Um, you know, hyperinflation, if you look into economic textbooks these days, you would find a definition for, for hyperinflation, which basically comes from the US uh, economist Philip Kagan. And, and he said in the 1950s, hyperinflation means if goods prices increase by 50% per month. So if you, if you anal, um, annualize this number, you get an annual inflation rate of around about 12,900%. And that means a cup of coffee, which costs you say three pounds today, would rise to, uh, the price would increase to 390 pounds within 12 months. Wow. So it's a frighteningly high number. And I would argue that in, Basically, hyperinflation uh, starts at a lower level. I mean, if you have, let's say, inflation rates of 15 or 20% on an annual basis, I think there's reason to term that hyperinflation. So I, I, what I'm saying is we are pretty close to that definition from my point of view. And of course, it could get 
worse. The yeah. problem with hyperinflation is that it is a politically orchestrated destruction of the currency. The government, if it if it can no longer um, issue bonds in the, in the capital market, if if it can no longer increase taxes, it will take recourse to the uh, central bank printing press. It will simply start printing the money it wants to spend. And that's what, what's happening. You mentioned, for instance, in Germany, this uh, rescue package, support package, whatever you call it, uh, trying to cope with the energy crisis. Uh, the 65 uh, billion, that would be around about 2% of German GDP is not that much. But the question is, how will it be financed? It won't be financed through higher taxes, that's sure. It will presumably be financed by issuing more debt. Debt that is being bought then by commercial banks or the European Central Banks against issuing new money. So the, the, new, the, the freshly created money is then handed out to the people so they can keep spending, but at the same time, goods prices will increase. So inflation will be uh, brought up. And that, of course, uh, eliminates the positive effect initially felt by the people. So what I'm saying is inflation is always a political, politically orchestrated debasement of the currency. Uh, quite often, it seems uh, inflation seems to be the lesser evil for governments, but also sometimes for the broader population. People prefer new money over getting a real severe uh, recession. Uh, defaulting banks and uh, this is because inflation you know it's like it's it's a bit like drinking you know when you in the, when you drink it's 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 a nice you're having a good time um, the next day you you know you you, you feel miserable um, with inflation uh, the fun comes first and the costs come later and so there's a strong economic, political economic incentive to take recourse to inflationary policies uh, to overcome obstacles in the economic or societal system. And uh, I, when you when you look in the last, when you look at the crises in the in the let's say last ten or fifteen years, what you can observe is that the problems are getting bigger. And the responses are getting are getting even bigger in terms of money printing. And I think that's exactly the route that will lead us towards a situation of a very severe debasement of the currency and in an extreme case may imply hyperinflation. Yes. And uh, you talk about drinking, um, that uh, it's fun when you start drinking and you have a few drinks and you keep drinking. And then the next morning you have a bad hangover. Uh, and some people would call it hair of the dog. You, then you drink again in the morning and you get better. And it seems like uh, that's what we're doing in terms of the governments and the central banks. They, they're not allowing people to have a bad hangover. They just keep, they keep bringing out the punch bowl. And, and that's what concerns me too. And, and I just wanted to switch now to maybe the uh, ECB and the Bundesbank and what's happening in Italy because as you said, uh, inflation is a political uh, situation, just like um, uh, Felix Sommery, which you, you probably heard of uh, him. Uh, the, he's the, uh, his biography is called The Raven of Zurich. He was a banker in the early 1900s, and, and he said that uh, 
inflation without government is not possible. So how, how do you see, do you have any hope that uh, the Bundesbank maybe and the German people are going to revolt against the ECB, so to speak? I noticed that at Jackson Hole, they didn't have Lagarde there speaking on behalf of the ECB, but they had a, a German central banker. And uh, she seemed to be quite hawkish. I, I don't know, maybe you can uh, clarify that for us. We talked already about the euro fiat currency. It is a, as a dollar, as a British pound. I mean, we live in a world, uh, in a regime of fiat currencies. Fiat currencies are monopolized by central, by state-sponsored central banks. It, it It's created basically through uh, credit expansion. Whenever a bank issues a loan to a private household or a company, it increases the outstanding money supply. And Fiat money is is a kind of money that is uh, completely dematerialized. It's just uh, in the form of uh, bits and bytes on com on, on computer uh, hard drives uh, with the production costs of zero, basically. And it's very tempting, you know, for governments or political special interest groups uh, to um, take recourse to money printing, you know, to enrich uh, themselves at the expense. Uh, uh, of the of the broader population, and this fiat money system has been put into place uh, basically with the end of the gold uh, backing of the U.S. dollar on 15th of August 1971, and since then the world uh, is uh, on a fiat money system, and we know from economic theory that the fiat, the fiat money system causes trouble. Like uh, it's, it, it debases the currency, the, the purchasing power of money uh, loses uh, over time. It causes boom and bust cycles. And most importantly, it uh, leads the economies into a situation of over indebtedness, a situation where private households, firms, and especially governments can no longer basically repay the outstanding debt. And uh, so the central bank cuts interest rates to basically zero to prop up the system. And that's kind of an end point reached, so to speak. Uh, beyond Going beyond that means uh, full-scale money printing. And I think we, we are somewhere in this area. Um, I don't think there's, there will be a change uh, in, in this kind of policy, I'm afraid, uh, because the adjustment costs would simply... Um, too severe. Uh, governments will do everything they can. No one wants to take responsibility uh, of, of, of the mess that has been built up over the last decade. So uh, when you look at, at, at monetary history, it's, you know, the lesson uh, that can be drawn from, 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 from the experience in, in many countries is that the fiat money system will end in the debasement of the currency, a heavy debasement of the currency. In an extreme case, uh, the, the currency will be destroyed, like in the Weimar Republic in uh, November 1923. I, I may add, this was, as I said, an extreme outcome. Um, in Austria, for instance, uh, the government succeeded in ending, stopping hyperinflation in the early 1920s, in the early 19, uh, in early 1923. So they preserved uh, the corona, the corona at that time. So the, the, the currency did not go under; was heavily debased, but could be used by people 
um, after the printing presses stopped in, in Germany, as I said, the, the the currency was destroyed. I'm not. I, I cannot tell you where what the outcome uh, will be uh, in terms of uh, whether currencies will survive or die. But I think it's pretty obvious that the purchasing power of money will be uh, heavily debased, uh, and that applies, I'm afraid, in particular to the euro currency. Uh, Torsten, could could we go over CBDCs? Uh, because I I, I read a, an article you you wrote recently about CBDC and also the competition of cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and the free market uh, in money. Uh, and uh, explain to the to the public or to the viewers that CBDC is really not a free market uh, solution. Money has. Uh originated in a free market system. Money originated from the voluntary transactions among people. Uh, I think that's very important to note. Money is not a creature uh, made by, by governments. Money is a, has emerged spontaneously out of the free market system. And um, so I'm very much in favor of a free market in money. And so I'm very, have great sympathies for What's going on in the crypto space and i hope these guys will come up with a better solution uh, a better solution giving people a better money compared to the us dollar the british pound the euro and and the rest of the fiat currency uh pack so i i'm very uh, very, very optimistic also that uh, finally people will succeed with coming up with a better monetary solution and uh, of course central banks uh, will try their very best um, to uh, to fend off any kind of currency competition. I th they are currency monopolists and they don't want to have competitors. And uh, so they try with tax and regulator, uh, regulation uh, to, um, to restrict uh, the, the opportunities that would come uh, with a free market in money. The central bank digital currencies, uh, that's actually a very complex issue. And uh, there are many perspectives uh, that, that need to be looked at. Um, but in, in general, and to cut a long story short, I'm very critical about this development because what it means is that um, digital uh, central bank uh, currencies would, um, would drive out cash would drive cash out of the market. People will lose the opportunity to make anonymous payments. Uh, the central bank would basically have perfect oversight in, into, in, into your financial transactions. There would be no financial privacy left. Um, it smells a bit like a totalitarian idea to uh, get full control over the monetary system. And it's so as as you as you can see i'm i'm very critical i weighing the pros and cons of such a development i i i would recommend um to the benefit of the people uh, there should be no uh, central bank digital currencies going forward and uh, the the best solution for our monetary problems around the world would be a free market in money. So people would have the opportunity to use the pound or the, the US dollar, but maybe gold or other crypto units. Um, it should be 
uh, a decision made by by the people. It should what kind of money they wish to use in their daily transactions for the for the saving purposes. It should not be forced upon uh, the people, as it is the case in a, a government-sponsored money monopoly, which has been, in, as I said, has put into place. Uh, in the US, in the United Kingdom, and in the Euro area. So, so, so the solution, I think, for the monetary mess uh, that, that can be observed around the world would be a free market in money. Yes, and uh, to uh, wrap up, maybe you could talk about uh, the German uh, retail sector, the German public. I've always heard that Germans, because of the, the history of the last 100 years, have always been uh, big uh, buyers of uh, gold and, and silver too. Uh, maybe you could uh, uh, talk about uh, whether you think that's going to help uh, the majority of Germans uh, uh, survive or cope with what's coming, or if it's, uh, it's a small minority and uh, maybe compared to other countries. Interestingly enough, in the early 1920s, I remember that uh, Ludwig von Mises, the Austrian economist Ludwig von Mises, put out an article in which he recommended to his fellow people uh, to, uh, to diversify their currency holdings, to uh, exchange the, 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 the Austrian currency, uh, the Krone, against uh, US dollars, against the British pound and other um, valuables. And he, his idea was that once the, the crisis hits, people would have some value in their portfolio. So gold was, of course, one of the uh, items Mises uh, recommended because the US dollar at that time was fully backed by uh, physical gold. And uh, yes, I think uh, the idea of diversifying the portfolio away from fiat currencies into um, real estate, into stocks, into precious metals, that's the way forward. In Germany, for instance, people in terms of savings, uh, time and um, demand deposits hold around about 4 billion, um, 4 billion euros sit in, in on, on bank accounts with basically zero interest rates. Mm -hmm. And you, if you reduce the, uh, or take into account the current inflation of 9%, you know, you, you lose around about nine percent, or eight or nine percent per annum at the moment on your on your personal savings, and that is a very bad allocation. One uh, one opportunity for people is really to get away from these uh, bank deposits and uh, put at least a part um, of their financial worth in physical gold and silver in the form of bars and and, and coins. I would uh, highly recommend to uh, acquire physical stuff and not, you know, put your money in a gold ETF or a gold uh, certificate. You, you just feed Wall Street with your money and provide them with opportunity, plenty of opportunity to manipulate precious metals markets. And uh, so go for physical gold and silver because over time, I mean, that, that is a time-tested approach. Gold has been around for has been around for thousands of years. Uh, paper uh, monies come and go, um, gold remains. And I think we live in a world where you have to uh, take into account that or face the fact that these fiat currency systems won't last forever. And 
what's pretty pretty sure right now is that the debasement of the purchasing power of the dollar of the euro of the Japanese yen will gain will gain steam. Yes, and I, I noticed you you said you know uh, you four billion euros in uh, time deposits, uh, and you have eight nine percent uh, debasement per annum. That, uh, but I've noticed that the euro, the gold price in euro terms is up about eight uh, percent year to date. So gold is doing its job in, in euros. In pounds, we're up about ten percent. So it's doing what it says on the tin. And I think for American uh, savers, it will do uh, so eventually. And I think that the dollar right now is strong by default, and, and silver as well, of course, hasn't done well. But I expect uh, they can't manipulate uh, the paper price forever because we know that when when you try to uh, cap prices, you create shortages. And it's not just with uh, consumer goods and services, it's also with uh, money, I would say. At the moment, you, you rightly point towards the dollar. The dollar is the strong man at the, the moment. It, many investors might be, or many people might be surprised hearing uh, me saying that, but um, still, the dollar is the world's reserve currency, and in times of crises, investors increasingly try to get hold of U.S. dollar deposits, and the dollar is appreciating not only against the euro; it is appreciating against the British pound, against the Swiss franc, and uh, in particular against the Japanese yen. And uh, so. For investors at the moment, the dollar is the first choice. Uh, even gold, uh, you know, doesn't enjoy this kind of support at the current juncture. But in terms, uh, uh, the gold price in in Japanese yen has gone up in sharply in in because uh, uh, the the yen has depreciated so strongly against the dollar. And uh, the same can be observed in, in, for the for the euro gold price. It has gone up in in the last. Uh, in the last years, and um, provided uh, gold holders uh, with uh, with a nice gain. But I think it, what's really important is to have insurance. Gold is 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 not just um, a commodity. Gold is money, and gold is also an, an insurance against the vagaries of the fiat currency system. So it's basically an option in your portfolio. It. Uh, People may wonder at the moment why it doesn't trade the gold price at 2,000 or 2,200. And my answer is, at the moment, many investors are still quite confident that uh, Central Bank will manage the fiat currency system uh, nicely. So whenever it's a crisis, they will step in and lower interest rates and prop up credit markets. And uh, I think this is this is a realistic uh, assumption. But I, but I think people forget the, the the broader consequences of this policy. It will result in, in, a, in a in a heavy debasement of the currency, and gold and silver will protect investors uh, and savers uh, in the long term against these uh, inevitable losses. Uh, great, uh, Torsten. Uh, it's nice uh, having spoken to you again after just over just over two years. Is there anything uh, fi final that you'd like to tell the viewers? Um, and maybe tell the viewers where they can find some of your uh, work. Yeah, again, uh, thank you very much, Mario. Uh, first and foremost, for your invitation. It's always great talking to you. And um, 
I, I hope you will continue your great work and I'm sure you will do. It's important to enlighten people, to uh, open uh, people's eyes of, about what's really going on and to provide them with an opportunity to escape uh, the, um, the drastic uh, consequences uh, uh, this, this fiat currency system will have on their lives, on their personal saving situation, on their pensions. So I think we, we should continue with this great work. Um, people uh, can find me on social media, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Telegram. I post uh, my comments and uh, I post my works. You will find links to some articles and podcasts. Uh, they can also visit my English YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, I hope people, people will make use of it and uh, find it useful and helpful uh, to make better investment decisions. Oh, okay, great, Torsten. I, I will put the links to your uh, details below in the description and uh, I wish you a, a great uh, rest of the day. The same to you. Thank you very much and hope to see you soon, Mario.